Welcome to Picks with the Professor, sponsored by Wager Lab, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, the professor. I've built mathematical models to predict various sports outcomes, affectionately known as sideline. You'll hear more about the model in the course of this episode. It's to cover all four NIT quarterfinal games scheduled to be played on Tuesday and Wednesday, March 21st and 22nd of the year 2023. In case you're new here, make sure you check out the websites, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. The backslash new gets you some information if you're brand new here. I got a lot of fun goodies on that website. Otherwise, if you haven't checked it out, I got the Google Sheet link in the show description. That'll give you a sidelines projection for the margin of victory, what the money line price should be, and the total for every game. This is where I typically talk about how this show covers the best, the picks on the best games, and for the best picks on all games, sign up on Patreon or Blackbook. The benefit of being with us on Patreon is that you're going to get all of the picks sooner. So Jake and I are going to record three shows here tonight. It's Monday. And this one will go out pretty quickly. But the Thursday Sweet 16 and Friday Sweet 16 shows are going to be released immediately to Patreon along with the picks in those games. So that's the benefit of being on BlackBook or Patreon is you get all those picks right away. Otherwise, we're going to hold those back just so they don't fill up your YouTube feeds. It doesn't work well with their algorithm that way, so we're going to release those a day at a time later on. But if you're on Patreon, you get them all at once. So that's why you should be with us on Patreon. Again, if you want to sign up, that link's in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show projects a typical game. It does not try to forecast it to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term view on here. We don't get distracted when weird stuff happens. That balances out in the long run, but it's hard to foresee before it happens. In other words, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we uh, we talked about this a little bit last week of the show. We had so many near misses of big underdogs that could have hit, uh, even money picks that could have hit. Uh, had a little more bad variance than good. Had a little more good variance, I think, maybe the beginning part of last week. We got Hofstra and Eastern Washington on the big money line winners, and that was good. And closed out the week last night with a nice money line winner on, uh, I don't know, Utah Valley, one of the Utah schools playing Colorado. Yeah. Uh, that was that was good. Uh, I guess we'll talk about them later today. But uh, <laughs> we see which in some bad variance there, which again happens. But the, of all the good and bad variants, the one I want to talk about is, is Auburn-Houston. Because to me, that was one of the weirdest games. We talked about Houston being very susceptible, kind of on a road game, maybe not 100%. That healthy, they are the best team in the country, according to my model. Now, barely. Other models like them a little bit more than mine does, but still a really, really good team. Top three either way. That top three is in a tier by you know by themselves. Uh, looked like they were going to get taken behind the woodshed at, at the half, and Auburn was going to cruise to a victory, and then I'm pretty sure they beat Auburn about 100-10 to 10 in the second half. I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, what, Jake, what in the world happened? Like, I, it blew my mind there for a bit. It was, I thought Auburn had it. They looked good on offense. I was like, ooh, some offensive variance for them. That'd be great because they're going to need it. Boy, did that disappear in a heartbeat. Samson did something in the locker room, changed the whole strategy. To me, it looked like we're going to pressure the crap out of every one of their guards. And yeah. then if yeah. Broom so much as touches it within breathing distance of the lane, we hack him. And, that worked because he went six of 16. He's a career 60% free throw shooter shot. What? That's a, just more than just about a third. Yeah. Not, it's just, just below I mean, 
yeah, of what thirty of thirty six free throws they shot, he shot shot sixteen. Like it's shot, yeah. it was very clear because he was four or five from the floor. If he when he when he got the shot off, and I'm pretty sure most of those were in the first half. Probably, the only yeah. shot, one of the only shots he got off in the second half was a three point shot, and he missed that. He's not yeah. a great three point shooter, so yeah. it was just brilliant strategy there. Add in that Sasser figured out he's healthy, I guess, because he took yeah. off. Shed yeah. didn't look hindered, and I just. Houston's good. You have to be on your absolute game to beat Houston. And at first they were, but there was 20 more minutes to play. Hats off to Samson for that adjustment. Uh, we knew Auburn was a flawed team. I'm just shocked that it that the first half went the way it did and those adjustments. And, and yeah, Houston just you know said, hey, here's how we're going to play. Uh, Auburn missed like 20 free throws or, or, or left like 20 points at the free throw line with regards to missed one-on-ones as well. They just made their free throws they don't want as well. But I think that was part of Houston's strategy. Like you said, foul, uh, weaker free throw shooters. Auburn just wasn't shooting well. You could tell that was maybe getting their heads a little bit. So Houston's strategy, you know, being let's play in your face, let's pressure. If we foul, no big deal. You guys can't make free throws. And otherwise, we're going to make it impossible for you to score. I think they only made four four baskets, I think, from the floor in the second half, which is just an incredible number. Uh, we know that Houston defense is good. And, and if you can't make free throws – that just plays right in their hand because they get to even turn up the pressure even more. So, I mean, hats off to Houston. That was just a wild game. Uh, but, again, bottom line, like we talked about, good and bad variants. You have weird things, weird, you know, first halves. Uh, we kind of had a stretch where I think if you played these on the first half, you'd have done a lot better than on the full game. We've had the stretch in baseball, too, where that sort of thing happens. It balances out. It's going to go one way or the other. You know, overall, it'll balance, you know, it's back and forth. It just gets gets weird. It can be a lot of fun. It's why they call it madness, right, not March normalness, I, I guess, right? <laughs> that, that is a sad tagline. March normalness. March normalness. All right, well, before we get to these games, again, NIT quarterfinals on Tuesday and Wednesday. Some reminders, please hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball and MLB or college football content that this channel provides. And again, check out the Patreon if you haven't yet. There are a lot of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. Early access access to all the picks and the grades, access to what number the model needs for an A grade, whether it's money line or spread, plays of the day. And again, that Discord chat, which is a lot of fun as well, www.patreon.com slash professor, or again, check out the show description. Got all those links in there. Also, if you haven't yet, join us on Wager Lab. It's a free mobile app that lets you predict, tally, and settle bets from anywhere you like. It's free in all 50 states, free and legal in all 50 states because we don't exchange money there. It's all fake bets, either with friends or in a pool. That's what we've done here in our March Madness pool. Again, free to join the pool. You can still join. No reason not to. Take your 500 free points, put it on your favorite game, jump up there on the leaderboard, and you get some free money if you're top three. Amazon gift cards, $50 your first place. So you can sign up if you have it yet. No reason not to. Remember, all total picks are traditional one-unit bets. All Moneyline plays are to return three units. That is the risk plus the win will equal three. That way we risk proportionally more on favorites and underdogs. Otherwise, let's get to it. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, North Texas and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, of course, did not get to host that first game because of the wrestling tournament they were hosting. They hosted the second game. Now they're hosting here as well. They're going to play UNT. We're going to take the dog here at North Texas at plus 185. A couple things happening here. Number one, you never quite know exactly these big schools, how much they really care, how much they're wanting to win. Oklahoma State almost blew the first game to Youngstown State. Didn't necessarily look great in their second game. You know, so these smaller schools usually means a little bit more 
You also got the fact that the model thinks this is getting near A grade territory. Model wants plus 196 for an A grade. So it's not quite there, but it's pretty close as the correct price should be 161. So again, this isn't one that I think North Texas is more likely to win than not. I just think it's got great value at this price that they can pull this off 38% of the time. And if they went anywhere near 40% of the time, plus 185 offers great value. The model thinks that on average, Oklahoma State wins by 3.5. So if you want to take the 4.5 points that I'm seeing right now, you can. I'd hope for at least five. But I think, uh, and as of late, you know, it's kind of not bounced our way necessarily the last couple of days, but it's a really small sample size. A lot of these dogs we're taking right here have lost by like two. And so the taking the points is profit, maybe split your wagers. Again, in the long run, this stuff balances out. I'm not concerned about the small sample size type thing. But if you want to split your wager, that's fine. I just think North Texas is a smart investment here. The Oklahoma State's getting a little bit too much value. I'm not sure if Anderson's going to play or not. It sounds like he might be trying to return, but last I saw it still says out indefinitely. There are rumors of him coming back. Until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Also, he will not be anywhere near 100% when he first comes back in the regards of he's missed so much time, I'm not sure exactly how effective he can be. We thought there'd be a chance he came back in the conference tournament, but the fact that he hasn't come back yet makes me still think that you know that he, he he's either not going to be available or not going to be extremely impactful. So I don't think he's got much impact on this game. Total is 124. Models is 118.7. So the model would go hard under on this one. North Texas went flying over the total over the weekend against Sam Houston State. They just hit everything against a really good Sam Houston State defense. I don't think they can do that again. I think their path to winning this isn't scoring a bunch. I think it's playing a grinded out low scoring game. So I think under makes a lot of sense. But UNT plus 185, just the the tremendous value. Uh, on this one, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. There's just too much value here on North Texas. Oklahoma State, I'm not sure there's enough offense in the whole state of Oklahoma. Definitely not an Oklahoma State team to, one, solve this defense of North Texas, two, get the pace enough to do it. Like Because Oklahoma State has been pitiful offensively pretty much all year. Um, I, they're just not going to be good enough there. They have a great defense. They need a defense that feeds their offense, feeds some extra buckets, extra possessions, and that's just not going to happen because North Texas goes slow. They take good care of the ball. Um, their offense pretty efficient for what they do. I mean, they're they're the better uh, free throw shooting team, the better three-point shooting team. This game, I don't advise watching all 40 minutes because it's like going to be like watching paint dry. But It, it, you know, it maybe, might go fast. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, you know, last four minutes, last three minutes, if it's tight, turn it on. Could be fun to watch there to watch these teams struggle to score. Uh, it's just, man, Oklahoma State also plays sloppy and turns it over nearly 20% of the time and doesn't force enough turnovers to make that wash out where North Texas typically forces enough to make it wash out. Uh, I just think everything leans North Texas away. I think the under is the right play because there will be no pace, no offense yeah. in this game. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out that Oklahoma State was scoring more when Anderson went down. Part of that was a little bit pace. Part of that was Anderson's not a great offensive player. At least he hasn't been this year. But he's probably their best defensive player, if not their second best defensive player. And so losing him, their defense regressed a little bit, but their offense looked better. As of late, not just in these NIT games, but also in the conference tournament, the last couple games of the regular season, their offense really started to lag, and their defense – continued to not be as good, but their offense really fell back to its old standard of not being good. And that's kind of like you said, the difference had that offense. It was a little bit of fool's gold when he first went out, right? Their offense taking that little boost for a few games. Had that continued, 
it might be a little bit different of a story, but like you said, that offense just isn't, isn't good. It was a couple games where it looked good, but now it's kind of back to their old ways of just not being efficient. And when you're not efficient against a team that goes as slow as North Texas, it's going to really show on the scoreboard that you're, you're just not going to get very many points. So uh, again, North Texas and the under both two picks with value. We're going North Texas plus 25 is the official pick. Whether you want to take some points or take the under, there's a lot of good investments. A team total under for Oklahoma State also might make a lot of sense. A lot of ways you can attack this one. Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Wisconsin at Oregon. Uh, gosh, with regards to the side, uh, no. <laughs> My, model says Oregon minus 3.2 is what the number should be. I'm seeing four and a half. So the model would say take four and a half with Wisconsin, take the plus odds. I'm seeing plus 160. It would be a, a C grade play if you did at the moment at plus 160. Model needs plus 184 before it's an A grade and says that 152 is the correct number. So Oregon's at home. They should be favored, but like, Honestly, these two teams are both pretty meh. I'm not really excited for either one of them. Um, one of them will make the Final Four for the NIT now for the first time in, in eons, and not being hosted at Madison Square Garden, uh, as it'll be out in Las Vegas this year. So one of the teams will make it. I'm not sure either one's that good, but I mean, I guess that's the whole NIT, to be, to be completely honest. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really want any part of the side. Like I said, if I had to, I'd be on Wisconsin simply because I know it's a road game, but Nothing in this game happening would really shock me. So give me points or plus odds. But under 134, I think is a pretty good investment. I actually like that more than the, if you force me, I take Wisconsin. I actually like the under 134. Model says 131.3. Both these teams have been pretty spot on with regards to their totals. Both teams are better defensively than offensively. The two best units on the court between the two defenses and two offenses are the two defenses. So that lends itself to an under. Obviously, we know that there's usually more pace and more scoring in these NIT games. And so the model knows that and bumps these totals up and still doesn't think that 134 is a pretty, is a feasible option, even though there is usually more scoring, more let it fly, more offense, you know, less defense played in the NIT. We're still dealing with Wisconsin. And that's really the bottom line is that Wisconsin's involved and you get a number like 134. You just kind of got to go under out of principle. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, I don't know which version of Oregon's going to show up because they've shown flashes of being really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. The vast majority of the year that, the bad Oregon has shown up uh, and then like they've got a good coach. I really don't know yeah. what's going on. He's got them playing good defensively. It's just offense. They can't figure it out. And then Wisconsin's just struggled offensively all year. And yeah. defense has been very good, very slow. And mm -hmm. they just, they don't give you the ball, but they don't want it in the bucket either. It's just weird. Um, I, I just don't see where the points are coming for him in this game. Like 130 seems way too high. I, I mean, this feels like it should be like 125 or something like that. Uh, the pace is going to be miserable. It do, it do, no, it does. Night. It feels it feels like it should be 125. And I'd be like, the model says 131, but should we really be going over? I don't know, right? It'd be one of those like, eh, you know, like I, you couldn't even convince me. Like maybe I, it'd be one of those like over 125 is probably the smart play, but I'm not really loving it, right? Like that's where it should be. It should really yeah. make you think, right? It, it feels like it's way too high. Yeah. This first night of NIT basketball is painful to watch. It's just slow, not a lot of offense. Probably competitive games, very competitive mm -hmm. games, but just mm -hmm. not fun basketball to watch. Not not what you want to advertise as, as your games. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, like, betting on Oregon, knowing which one's going to show up is a great way to lose your money, and betting on Wisconsin's offense to do anything is a great way to donate the sports <laughs> book, so that's why we're going under. Yeah. Well, the, the good news 
uh, is that as slow and painful as the Tuesday games are, the Wednesday games should be a lot of fun. The totals in both of these games are in the 150s, and the model tends to agree with both the totals. So we got some more exciting games here for Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, UAB at Vanderbilt. Going to grab UAB at plus 115. Obviously, this is a home game for Vanderbilt. And, and, you know, should Vanderbilt have beaten Michigan? No. Uh, did they? Yeah. And so they're here, right? And we talked about that when we picked Miami against Indiana. Like Miami probably shouldn't have beaten Drake, but they did. And that didn't mean anything about whether they could beat Indiana. And they did, right? So we were on the right side there. Same thing here. I don't really think that the fact that they shouldn't have won says anything about this or not. They're here. Uh, I, to me, the bottom line is that UAB is the better team. And they're the better team by a lot, in my opinion. I've got them ranked 42nd, whereas I've got Vanderbilt 109. And that's the thing is, as, as good as this Vanderbilt team has played, the model just is not seeing it. The model loves this UAB team, thinks that they should have been, you know, at least considered for an at-large bid into the tournament, at least in the discussion. I, I think they're the better team, even though they're on the road. Model says they win by 3.5. This says they win 62% of the time and that they should be a minus 161 favorite. So anything minus 134 or better is an agree. It doesn't matter where you shop, what you get. Obviously, shop around for the best number, but any number you get on UAB is almost assuredly going to be a solid A grade play with regards to the model. I just can't see why Vanderbilt's favored here. Again, I know they're the home team, but Vanderbilt minus two suggests that UAB is only the slightly better team. And I don't see how you can come to that conclusion. I just think they're a lot better than Vanderbilt. Jake, what do you think? Yeah. It, it shocked me when I saw these lines. It was outrageous. I, I don't I, know. I think when we talked about this before, I think I said, we're getting UAB at plus odds. And I think your face was just in shock. You were like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, I don't know who's going to really stop anyone, but I just, I don't think, I think we're getting a lot of uh, Vandy beat Kentucky tw- uh, twice. Vandy beat Michigan. There's a certain style of team that Fandy's style counters perfectly, and that's a team that wants to play slower and has a big guy that they run their offense through. That's how both those teams run. They counter it perfectly. That is not how UAB plays. UAB has got guards at the wazoo and very good ones. They play fast, faster than what Vandy's going to want to play. Uh, I think Vandy gets caught up, shoots a little, shoots a little too many threes because they don't really have much of an inside presence. UAB is a very good offensive rebounding team, so when they shoot the threes, there's a good chance they're cleaning it up. I think UAB's defense is a lot better than Vandy's, and I think that's the difference of the game right there. That's going to wipe out any home court advantage that Vandy has. It's not like Vandy has a tremendous home court anyway. Uh, People come in and beat them there all the time. It's kind of fun. But there just really shouldn't be Jake is a Tennessee fan throwing shade. (laughs) Yes. Uh, There just really shouldn't be much that Vandy's going to do that – can't counter and that'll counter what UAB is going to want to do. Jelly Walker is tremendous to watch. This is a great way to spend your Wednesday is watching this game. UAB's defense, according to sideline ranked 50th Vanderbilt's is ranked 139th. So, I mean, exactly. You said one team's got a decent defense. The other team does not. And that's, like you said, going to be a huge difference. The other thing, just to note, in case you're curious, I do give a variable home court edge, depending on the game, the situation, usually between two and a half and three and a half points uh, for the NIT. I'm giving everybody two and a half, just because it's not quite the same intensity as the regular season, not quite as many fans. So again, spring break um, too. For some, for some, right, depending on the, the school, you might have spring break around. The, it's all different times depending on the school. But, yeah, it's, it's just not usually the greatest atmosphere. You get the greatest atmosphere for the most part. If you got to the semis or finals and they were on the home court, kids would get more excited about that. Of course, those are not there. So uh, two and a half is so all I can give a home court here. And, and I think UAB is well equipped to overcome that. I think plus odds is a great investment. Total, again, 153. Model says 152.8. So total's price pretty well should be a lot of points. Don't really know which way to play it. Too high. 
to go over, but I would not be going under either uh, with these two teams involved. Late game, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, Cincinnati at Utah Valley. Uh, Utah Valley minus 110 is a player. It's an A grade pick. Barely an A grade pick. Model wants minus 111 for an A grade. So it just ekes into the A grade criteria. Model says it's Utah Valley minus 2.4. You just heard me say I'm giving two and a half points for home court. So if it says Utah Valley minus 2.4, you see the model just thinks these two teams are really close. I've got Utah Valley 57th, Cincinnati 55th. Fifth. I mean, these two teams are right next to each other and they've overperformed both on the season and they've both overperformed in the last month. They've both been really good to betters. If you back both of them, they're both really, if you put this on a neutral court, it's a straight up pick them in my opinion. I just think the fact that this is priced like a pick them now being at Utah Valley is an edge. You got to get in the altitude at Utah Valley travel spot for Cincinnati. It's just not ideal. Uh, I think this Utah Valley team is just as good as since he's at home. I think they're likely to win. Again, models is 57% of the time. It's about how often a home team wins. In general, if you talk about home and homes, they win about 57%. Again, that's your, just your home court edge right there that, that I'm giving that, that it seems like the books are not giving. And so I think Utah Valley is the play here simply because of the location. Otherwise, again, I think these two teams are both really good. The best unit on this court is going to be Utah Valley's defense. The worst unit's going to be their offense. I mean, that sets up for a coin toss game. The difference, again, being the location. So all about taking the home team here with Utah Valley, a minus 110. I think it's a pretty good investment. Total, 151. Model would lean under, I think, 148.7. You have a Utah Valley team that's going to really try to push the pace, especially at that altitude. Uh, gives them a little bit of, again, a solid home court edge. So uh, given they're going to push the pace, I'm not loving the under, but the model does lean under if that means anything to anyone out there. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I think I'm, this is the first time this happened all year. I am on the complete opposite side of this game. I, I think it's going – oh, I think it probably goes over and since he wins. Uh, just I, I think when you're looking at the way they, these two teams play, the way they match up, they're perfectly even. Everything is just that way. I just think what Cincy does defensively will counter what Utah wants to do – Utah Valley wants to do offensively and – and not really vice versa on the other end of the floor. And I think since he'll have just a tiny bit of an advantage there, I think the pace gets going and we get well up there. I think this one is mega tight. Get a lot of extra points for the free throw line that aren't, aren't really being accounted for kind of thing. I think and possibly even overtime kind of leaning more towards that overtime. Cause I think these two teams are the most even matchup we've probably had all year. It's, it's unreal. So there's no, I don't think it's wrong to go Utah Valley in the under, uh, that's not my favorite game to pick because it's just, like I said, it's so even. I just lean the opposite direction. And, you know, for those of you wondering, you know, about Jake and I disagreeing, we said the whole time, you know, we collaborated. And if we disagree, we just didn't cover the game because there were other games. There's not other games now. So I told, I at some point in the comments, we saw it. I said, when we get to the tournament, we're going to have a disagreement because we're going to cover every game and it's just going to happen. So here you go. For those of you who wanted to see Jake and I go head to head, toe to toe, we disagree. Here you go. Here's your game. Uh, because again, we only have so many games to cover, so we can't ignore it, right? Before the regular season, we just said, I just won't cover it, right? <laughs> but now uh, we are down to the point. Unfortunately, sadly, if you love college basketball, there's no more than four games at any given day now yeah. going forward so uh you know it is what it is we just couldn't ignore it uh i go one way he goes the other way so take what you want from all of that and uh again make make the best investment for yourself uh otherwise jake any parting words for the viewer here before they get to the nit betting action no i just i'm happy it's set up this way they take advantage of the schedules you got cbi on earlier today uh then tuesday wednesday it's basketball every day so it's great it's just sad that that beats is coming to an end uh, yeah, sad, sad for you. Uh, you know, 
I don't know how sad I am. <laughs> <laughs> the long running joke is that is that Jake loves college basketball more than cousin Jared and I combined. So uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to baseball. That's just me. I'm ready for baseball season, but I'm I'm always ready for baseball season. That was my sport of choice. So uh, you know, again, Jake and I can respectfully disagree. He likes college basketball. I like baseball more. So he, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, he said, "I'm I'm I'm ready to move on to the next chapter of life." You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for tuning in this episode of fix with the professor don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided on this channel dropped right into your feed again back all week with all the college basketball betting content but until we see you again as always best of luck and remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money